What is up, you beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of the Built on Bitcoin podcast. Today we have a special episode where I hosted a Twitter Spaces with some peeps from around the community. I had Drew on from DaoOS, Mark from Megapont, and Mike from Empire Dow, and we were talking about building and maintaining Web3 communities. So I won't deep dive too much, let's just jump straight into it, into this conversation with these three rock stars. So let's check it out. Welcome to Built on Bitcoin. What is up, everybody? Uh, thank you for joining us on this is it Thursday, Thursday evening. Um, I hope you guys got your beverage of choice, your smoking jacket on. Uh, we'll be talking about crypto communities, which I spend a lot of time in them, but I actually haven't thought about how to build one or what it takes to maintain them. So this is going to be interesting uh, to deep dive into. I have a panel of builders in this space. And uh, yeah, I think a good place to jump off is just to quickly do kind of, of a roll call and what you guys, what your guys' background is and what are you guys doing in the kind of community building space? If you want to start us off, uh, Mike. Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I guess I started in the Web2 space around 2008, 9, 10, building online communities. We had a social media monitoring company and uh, been building companies and communities. Uh, so we uh, did a startup a couple of years ago, and we've kind of pivoted to building a in-real-life DAO and community in New York City. Um, so we're now working on Empire DAO, which is a, a workspace cultural center. And the idea of the community is that you're, you are you own the building. So instead of uh, paying Adam Newman and WeWork for years, our token, if you own the token, you have access to the space, uh, are able to use it to attend events or use equipment if you want to record something and mint it to Audius kind of thing. Uh, so we're building a community around in-person, but we're using a, a tokenized uh, DAO to, to do so. Drew, what are you working on, my man? Yeah, hey, thanks for having me, Jake. Um, so my name is Drew. Uh, I've been, I'm really interested in community. I actually have been since um, the early days of, well, the early days of Ethereum, I should say, like 2017 or so, um, in DAOs. And uh, what I think is fascinating is how adding trustless technology can instantly make a community runs smoothly because it you don't have to worry about motivations and who you can trust and all that. When you eliminate that, you can actually just like have a community, which is really interesting to me. Um, so my current work, um, I started working on an app called DAOS, which was a sort of simple open source DAO voting tool. Um, and then ended up sort of pivoting that into Miami voice, which we built for the Miami coin, uh, essentially allowing the city of Miami to be a DAO and have proposals and vote on them and do all that stuff. Um, and then now I'm actually, I have a stacks residence program right now. Uh, I'm in that and we're working on an app that, um, basically does sort of toe to tail 
community for blockchain on stacks specifically. Um, so it, it kind of starts with authenticating users into their wallet and into Discord um, so that you can verify wallets for whitelisting. Um, and then it'll validate if they hold a token, whether it's fungible or non-fungible, to determine membership. And you can add them to different groups in Discord. Um, and from there, we're going to get into um, you know community engagement tools and reputation management, um, voting and governance, um, you know, all the things that, that make communities work, um, sort of built on the backbone assumption that discord will be where the chitter chatter will be happening and sort of the, the main source of interaction. And this will be peripheral to that. Right on Mark. What about you? Yeah, thanks for having me, having me on, Jake. So uh, I'm Mark. I'm part of the, I guess, the core Megapont team now as we're, we're expanding quite quite quickly. Um, so for those who don't know, Megapont is a uh, NFT project on Stacks. Um, we had our first mint um, at the back end of October. We're just about to, to roll into our second mint. Um, and we have a, um, let's say, like a, a almost a multi-year plan. So we've been thinking long-term in, in regards to building a community who share that vision. Um, we are mostly Web2 founders on the core team, um, predominantly B2B. So we, we haven't had really any experience of building, uh, and, and I, I guess it's perhaps not the right terminology here, but calling NFTs B2C. Um, we, we don't have any real experience building massive communities um, in direct to consumer. It's mostly in enterprise sales or, or business sales. Um, but we, we've all built um, businesses that have been, I guess, somewhat successful and are of um, like senior um, management level in, in various sort of tech roles. So it gives us a very, um, let's say, mature um, o- overview on what we would like a community to, to look like in the NFT space. And I think we've been able to um, curate a community with Megapond that kind of shares our vision. Um, we, we we grew organically despite being in some of, uh, say, the, the, the other NFT projects on Ethereum and, and their communities um, and seeing, I guess, the growth hacks that, um, are all over the NFT space. You know how to grow a community in thirty days is kind of like a playbook at this stage, I think. Um, but we took a um, a more seasoned approach of we we want to create a community that feels like they don't have to be here, um, and that's one of our sort of internal uh, messages that we um, we try to adhere to daily. It's just that really, what when we're trying to build a community on on an NFT project, it's how can we make sure that people feel like they should come in, they should drop by, they should say hi, and they want to know the members as opposed to incentivizing them to come by every day with giveaways or or any of these other sort of growth hacks. Um, because at the end of the day, you'll you'll either run out of things to give away or run out of carrots. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit about our background. Um, it's great to hear some of the um, other folks on here are building those tools out for um, projects to manage and build their community. One thing that we've, we've struggled with... Um, is a lack of tooling. Um, I think Discord is great, and you know, um, it, 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 it's quite funny. A lot of the Megapod team actually met playing Destiny, which is a great example of, let's say, like a Web two community, right? So, 
Um, we, we, we met in Destiny. We sort of formed this gaming group many, many years ago, and we, we've, we kept in touch. And it was, it was kind of weird when Discord came around, um, let's say 2015, 2016, um, it was almost like a paradigm shift in online communities. And it wasn't like these tools didn't exist before. They were just so fragmented that it was really difficult to have um, a community hub, right? So you'd have your TeamSpeak server or you'd have your maybe self-hosted website somewhere. Um, you'd have um, like a wiki, perhaps, depending on what information you were sharing. Um, and then Discord came along and was like, actually, um, we could be the central hub where you manage that that communication layer. Um it, it, I guess almost parallel to, to Slack, really, in the in the in the corporate world, where communication changed, um, and Discord was kind of at the forefront of that. And you see that with with NFT communities in particular, just the sheer amount of tooling for Discord and crypto and NFTs is is staggering, um, especially on some of the more popular chains like Ethereum, where you can um, you can essentially operate a bank using Discord. I think. At, at, pretty much now a completely sort of decentralized and trustless bank could be operated with the, the discord web two protocol and some, some clever stuff on chain. Um, so yeah, I hope that's an, uh, enough of a snippet from myself. That's, that's a pretty good intro. We have a, we have a wide array of people here because we have someone who's kind of bridging the online with the offline and using crypto, which is super interesting and then we have someone doing tooling and then someone who's actually built the community. Um, but I think go, a, a first question to maybe start with is what makes a Web3 community? It's Because when I think about myself, I can't tell really if the things that draw me are because I think that I'm early or because I think that crypto is profound or because I hold a token, a number will go up. Like there's so many variables, and but there's something about crypto and Web three and communities that seems to have a certain stickiness and attractiveness to it that that is stronger than previous communities. So I'm curious that I'll, I'll leave it open ended. But what are you guys' thoughts on what what is a Web three community and what makes it so sticky? I can say a little something. I've done a lot of research on this, a lot of user research. I've met with um, a lot of different teams, uh, including Mark actually here and uh, some others. And I think one of the the aspects of it is this sort of wog me attitude, like we're all going to make it. There's there's sort of a, a thing of like, there's just a fervor around like this is going to be the next thing and we're all a part of creating this and sometimes it's financial sometimes it's just about like alpha and sometimes it's it's about like we're building something cool and advanced and we're going to change the world but there's definitely like an aspect of we're all going to make this together you know Saivita is a is a DAO that I'm in and it's a lot of sort of builders and idea people that are looking to just sort of change things it's not necessarily about you know just trading crypto and things but people get really excited you know and i see that in these nft projects this is going to be the next cool one this one's going to promote art this one's a great blogging tool um as well as you know the DeFi and you know other things in terms of just making money but i I definitely feel like 
there's an aspect of if, if we all work together, we can make this thing bigger than all of us. Nice. Yeah. And I'd add to that too, uh, control over data, being able to control your wallet and the data where, where you interact with the DAO. And uh, I think it's really important to define, you know, between a web two and a web three community of you having that access with your, if you're, you have a wallet that you can connect to it, to a decentralized place. And the other is ownership. I think touching on kind of what Drew was saying, but uh, if if I have ownership, sure, I could have a, a share of a stock and listen to the quarterly review meetings. But if I have actual skin in the game and uh, I can listen into the Discord meetings and contribute to them and be part of the members, I think that's the the exciting part of that that Wagmi uh, attitude. So I, I would add ownership and uh, and control of data. I think um, a, a great Web2 example is, uh, is, as is often the case, is a company like, like say, Uber, right, who um, would almost make an exceptional doubt, right? So you have a company like Uber who, by by its nature, is kind of set up to pursue the, the most beneficial sort of route for Uber's own private interests, right, which kind of meets, means that their partners um, – aren't getting a fair sort of slice of the pie. Um, and with, with entities and DAOs in, in particular, you, you decentralize that, um, that in, incentive, right? You make it, I, I guess, a, a large pie for the, the, the whole group um, to decide how the, let's say the remuneration or compensation should be dispersed or, or where even that value lies, which is a very sort of unique um, system. It's, it's very similar to traditional co-ops, but, now it's decentralized um, and there's a, there's a ledger behind it. Um, and it's, it's quite profound. And I think f- for many people, they, um, they, they don't see the correlation between NFTs uh, and the, the, the DAO layer. Almost everyone that I speak to understands how, how impressive and important DAOs can be in the future moving forward. But they struggle to see how NFTs are a gateway into DAOs. Um, so I think there's, there is some education that needs to be, uh, that needs to happen there. Um, but, you know, the, the, the concept of DAOs isn't sort of tied inherently to NFTs and that new. Um, they were around before, before NFTs. It's just that NFTs are, are a really nice, let's say, membership layer on, on top of a DAO um, that encourages people to be part of it. Yeah, I think your Uber example is, is interesting because I think one of the things I think about when I'm seeing these communities is the the hierarchy is like flat. There's not much uh, like, there's not like a cascading hierarchy of this person's above me in power. And because it's decentralized and it's a lot of us are pseudonymous, um, it doesn't make you focus on the old games of, you know, where'd you go to school or your class or your race or your gender. It's, what is like the MLK thing of like the content of your character? Like, what are you showing up and, and giving to the community? Uh, it's easier to focus on those kind of like ever-present human values that are universal in Discord and Twitter and that kind of thing. Um, but you did say something, Mark, that I want to touch on. You said... Uh, your people don't have to be there. And the, it, 
the example it makes me think of like when you try and do a giveaway and you try and like push something it feels transactional and people can sense that and you're alluding to something where you're you're i'm not trying to put it into words but maybe you can just touch on that for a second because i found the way you worded that profound what, what part was that? Sorry, where I st- that people don't have uh, to be there. Uh, uh, yeah, about how you engage and draw people in to, to the community. It's like the way mm. the, yeah. the way that you're choosing to incentivize them is almost by not incentivizing them. Yeah, we've really, I, I guess, struggled with this internally as like a project team. It's um, we, we could all kind of brush past it, but for the most part, a lot of NFT projects. Um, People are pulled in for the financial reasons, right? Like, we're all going to make it. Everyone's going to come out with bank. And ultimately, I want to turn $100 into $100,000, right? Um, I think that has pulled in a a lot of people. Um, And one thing we wrestled with at the beginning is, okay, if that isn't the outcome of the project, then how do we still get people to stick around? What value can we add to the community? Um, and NFTs are great at incentivizing people to join with with cool art, you know. And um, a lot of people will say, oh, well, we don't like the Megapon art or we don't like the Doodle art or any other project, which if, if someone has a strong polarizing opinion on, on art, it probably means it's it's good art, right? It's invoking some emotions, whether they're positive or negative. And for every person who doesn't like it, there's going to be someone who does. So I think NFTs are really saying, okay, let's pull you in for the art. Um, and as someone who isn't crypto native, it's would I would imagine it's probably easy to understand that, okay, I'm buying like a digital painting, right? That has value. That's exactly what I'm doing. And I think we've seen this on Megapont. We have a lot of people coming because they're buying some digital art. But what they don't realize and what they quickly kind of understand to be the true value of the token is that the membership that it pertains to. So the, the membership only channel. And um, let's just say that your entrance to the club, um, you, you can see this with, with Megapont. A lot of our members are building their own projects now, and they're doing so with a team from from other community members. Um, and if they weren't part of the same community group, would that have been happening? Prob- probably not. So you, you're seeing someone buying for the art, and um, they get to a point where they would never sell their NFT, not because they think it perhaps is going to moon, but more so they just don't want to lose that sort of club entrance and like the concept of a of being part of a club or or a DAO really isn't new right as humans um for thousands of years we kind of wanted to be part of clubs right um and even at sort of a web two and web one layer you have country clubs which are wildly successful people will pay a lot of money to be part of those um and what you could argue that you don't get some fancy digital art there either um and you can't transfer the membership as well so um it's really a case of let's try and create a specific kind of community atmosphere so that if someone does come for the art, they, they stay for the community and everything else that we we stand for as a project. Um, And I think that that's what most NFT projects should do because to be brutally honest, um, like projects like Bored Ape and CyberKongs and all of these sort of blue chip theory projects, everyone aspires to be, um, it's the equivalent of if you're starting a, a startup in Web2 saying, I'm going to be the next Google or Facebook. You, you're probably not going to be. So aiming for that whilst noble, um, you, you kind of need to have a backup plan, really, and, and some realistic expectations of where you want the project to go to um, to continue adding value to the community.
Yeah. Well, and, and, and even still, I'd add to that, Mark, is the, the ones that are really successful, like Board at Yacht Club, are because they have that community. I mean, there are people that they won't sell those NFTs because simply they don't want to lose membership to that club. So, and, and I think, you know, that is one of the awesome things about Megapont is you guys brought the, the first really sort of cohesive and no offense to everyone that came before you, but great methodology for building a community and maintaining a community and making it feel like people were becoming membership. And, and without a doubt, that's why you've been so successful. And I think moving forward, we're going to see that more and more, especially as, you know, I heard um, Melania Trump is getting into NFTs today. And, uh, you know, this is kind of getting bubbly. <laughs> so, and, yeah. and I think what's going to happen is the, the NFT projects that have good communities and good roadmaps, and those are the ones that are going to stick around. And the ones that don't, um, great art is great. And there will be some with amazing art that will stay, but it's going to be the communities that, that keep things through the bear market. Yeah, great on that. Yeah, and and to Mark's point too, I think long term, you know, we're probably two generations from being, you know, attending religious services on a normal basis, and two years into COVID, and to this kind of again, this club membership is not new, and I feel like it's been a replacement for a lot of people. That's kind of been the timing of it this summer, of people wanting to reconnect uh, with other folks, and even if it's as silly as throwing some banana emojis or whatever to each other, there's definitely a sense of connection. And I think the communities are so important that I kind of just like the, the term blue chip because it, it's really relative to the person, you know, in a year or so, or even now there might be some community of somebody in a, in Jakarta that they connect with and they find their local community through an NFT irrelevant to the art. And that to them changes their life and that's their blue chip. And going back to the Wagmi part of it, I think that's what's so exciting about this. When people are like, Oh, I'm priced out of the board apes. Like, I don't think you really want to be there anyway. Uh, but uh, there's, there's probably some other community for you there. And the exciting thing is that's unlimited and we're just getting started. And I think, yeah, there's going to be a lot. Obviously, there's a lot that they they are garbage and they don't really hold a community and they're, they're just for the, the flip. And I think we're seeing a lot of these celebrity ones that are coming in just just to, to be cool, but they won't hold without the community. Yeah, I mean, money is a powerful drug, right? Um I think we will see more of these projects. Um, some celebrity drops will do well. And I think it will be the celebrities who do well at building a community anyway. Right. But someone like Melania Trump, it's probably quite clear why she would be launching an FT drop. And it's for the financial reasons, which again is, it's kind of fine that some of the, the I guess the, the most um, rewarding bits of feedback, well, not even bits of feedback, but bits of news we've had with Megapod. We've had a couple of big sales and when the members will reach out to us and tell us how like impactful it is to their lives, I like I'm now able to buy a house or escape this sort of debt spiral and that kind of thing. Um, it, it, it's pretty special. And, and almost everyone who's had those big sales, the first thing they say immediately after saying that is, oh, but don't worry, I'm still part of the club. I still have this ownership. And that kind of says everything that I need to know. It's like, even though they've, they've I guess, taken their profits and changed their lives, what matters to them is to just make sure that, that, that I'm aware they're still part of the club because they want to be part of that. Um, and that's an interesting thing, like you mentioned there with, with Bod Apes, is 
Um, the smartest thing they've done is to release the Ape token next year. And I had a long chat about this with, with a friend of mine who holds quite a few bored apes. Um, when, when, a, when an NFT project, and we're kind of conscious of this at Megapont as well, is when it becomes so successful, it's almost sort of self-detrimental in that you price out a lot of the community, right? And you get to a point where the community has to take profits um, because the, the, the sum of money tied up into one asset is just so life-changing um, that it makes no sense to have it um, tied up in a liquid asset that they can't easily liquidate to, for a real-life purchase. Um, and this is why I like the concept of, of DAO tokens because, and people call these shit coins, I don't think they necessarily are, but when you can fractionalize membership into the club and profit taken and not have to sell the full thing, um, I think you then have a really powerful community. So when regular folks inside the Bored Ape Yacht Club don't have to sell their apes to now buy a car, I think the community will be much stronger as a whole. Um, and I, I almost wouldn't worry about the utility of a token because the utility of the token can just be membership to the club itself. Um, and when the, the, the main token gets so expensive that people are, are priced out, you, you absolutely need that because one thing I think projects need to be conscious of, especially successful ones, is you don't want to price out your early community that made you what you are. Um, especially as, you know, like we joke, we're all going to make it. As the brands start to come in, you, you know, fifty to $100,000 for a brand to acquire an NFT is just absolutely nothing, right? It's the marketing budget for a month for, for some of these people. So, um, you know, Hydro JPEGs kind of isn't a meme. They will be eaten up by brands looking to market, right? Uh, first of all, I want to say that on day one of whatever millennia Trump launches, I'm going to be there because um, I'm going to be early. But uh, <laughs> it's on Solana, by the way. <laughs> it's is, probably it, wait, is, it, is it live already or no? I don't think so. She announced it today and there's going to be like one soul um, for what it's worth. Okay. Interesting. Um, where, so I hear about community and then I hear about DAOs and at some point I feel like people either conflate the two to mean the same thing or they don't know where the line is and what the distinction is. So what, what is, how does a DAO overlay onto a community? Or what, what does a DAO do exactly? It's an open-ended question, but I'm, I'm curious because I hear it sometimes talked about as like, it's the voting mechanism. Is it just that? I'm, I'm curious. I think, so I'll give my thoughts having developed some DAO software and, and I can let others enter. I know um, they will have things to say, but basically my understanding is the whole concept of the DAO, right? Which is decentralized autonomous authority is that there has to be a way for it to be or organization, sorry, autonomous organization. That would be a DA otherwise. Um, but there has to be a way for it to be autonomous, right? And autonomous, I, I'm assuming, I feel like it's kind of a misnomer because it's not actually, I guess the group is, is moving itself. So I suppose we can, I'll, I'll go with it. But the idea is that you're allowing the community members to participate in the direction of where the community goes. And that's really what a DAO is. And yes, in some ways that comes down to voting, but it also comes down to um, being 
a non-hierarchical organization, right? So if you have a hierarchical organization and you let people vote on stuff, that's kind of not a doubt by my understanding, right? The, the idea is that it has to be decentralized where anyone can bring up proposals and anyone can vote on them to move ahead um, and really decide the vision and direction of the group. And voting is just the ultimate sort of deciding factor. Um, but before that, just like with all other leadership, there's strategy and there's determination and, and uh, you know, directing the conversation. And that's something that can be done by anyone within the group. And I think that's the general concept of it, as my understanding is. Yeah, I agree with a lot of those points. Yeah, I guess some of the analogies I use is, it's similar to an HOA in terms of oh, we bought property into in this area and we want to see the neighborhood good and the, uh, the, and the roof in good shape and, and things around and we can submit proposals and we can vote on them. It, it's very similar in that regard in terms of uh, the actual ownership. And that's where I think these communities is you have a going back to March point, like do you have a financial stake in this. Uh, do you have skin in the game? And that's kind of the difference that that, that I'm that how I I've been perceiving it. Uh, and I do think you know as we we've been setting ours up and getting official and all that, it, it kind of seems to me as if it's almost like saying, you know, we're calling ourselves Empire Dow at this point, but that's kind of like saying .dot com in the nineties. Like it's it's an LLC or C corp is a, in the U.S. That's the you know typical type of organizations we have, and and now we're we're creating a Dow. Um, to me, yeah, it, it, it will kind of go away and it's just yet another way of organizing. But to me, again, going back to the, it, you have to have a, a financial connection to it and incentive. <laughs> yeah. I think we're, we're still at a stage where most people, especially investors in NFTs associated DAO with being like this collective investment vehicle. Um, and I think that's partly because there's quite a few really successful collective investment vehicles on Ethereum. Um, and a lot of NFT projects, they, especially on, on Ethereum, because th there's a lot of code on, on the Ethereum sort of uh, blockchain where you could get set up with a DAO uh, that has, has been audited um, quite quickly and, and easily. So that usually is the place where DAOs are, are created. And, some of the proposals that you instantly see are let's sweep the floor, let's buy this collection. Um, and they really are nothing more than just, like I said, this collective investment vehicle. Um, but the, the more powerful DAOs are, are those that, as I guess we've all alluded to here, um, they don't have that hierarchical structure that you see in sort of Web2 companies. And anyone can propose a, a sort of a sweeping change in direction of the, the collective group, right? So... Um, we're obviously in the in the, the 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 sort of the the late stages of trying to articulate what our DAO is internally before we put some documentation out externally. Um, and we we really want it to be a vehicle for for change within Megapon. You know, if if the community as a whole want to see a specific collection, or the community as a whole want to have a new voting mechanism or protocol, or think that we should no longer entertain the idea of going over to Ethereum and all these kind of um, sort of big decisions, I think, should be made by the community who have a vested interest, right? So uh, an example, completely theoretical, say tomorrow we would decide we want to mint another 25,000 apes, right? Um, that, that would be hugely sort of 
detrimental to the price of apes currently in the marketplace, um, the NFTs would plummet because you've just increased the supply tenfold. Um, and at the moment, we we kind of could do this, which when you think about it is, is wrong. Um, that's the kind of thing that the DAO should be voting on. Do we want to expand the membership into the community by sort of 25,000? Yes or no? Um, and that's a really simple example of what kind of proposals we want to see in our DAO. And it's just a case of, okay, everyone in here is now um, at the management layer of this decentralized organization. If you have a great idea, put it forward. It will be voted on by the community as a whole um, and, and, and executed. And I think that that's the key there as well. It's, it will be executed. Um, it's very easy for certain DAOs to be investment vehicles because they can execute these purchases on chain. Um, and we're still not at that decentralized sort of autonomous um, way of thinking quite yet. Yeah, you see some of the bigger DAOs like Nouns DAO, for example, whenever there's a big proposal put forward to that DAO, um, the collective DAO still requires people to either self-docs or provide uh, a plethora of information so that they can have some kind of trust in you as an individual and your proposal. Um, so we're not quite there with the, 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 the autonomous bit just yet, um, which isn't an, an anonymity. It's a case of, okay, we, we shouldn't be asking people to, um, to be going out of their way to, to basically tell you where my kids go to school, where I live, if I take this one Ethereum and everything goes tits up, right? Um, but w w we're getting there, right? Um, and things are, are starting to get a little bit better. And we we need more, I guess, DAO infrastructure across chains to to make this a reality um, so people don't have to reinvent the wheel every time they want to create a DAO and do something as a community. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was going to say on some of the decisions, there's a lot of tools that are need to be made. So, uh, you know, in our case, it's not just even uh, so that's we, we have a, a music studio where people can record and mint their podcast, etc. Right. And let's say we're deciding on upgrading that versus the adding another Peloton to a room. Uh, so, we're, you know, we're thinking about ways that people can vote, but also who actually uses it, right? So we can look at on chain and see who's checked in through their NFT or through the token and then who's rented that space out using the token so that we can, you know, when we do put it up for a vote, it's not kind of just everybody. So we want to get hyper specific with, with the voting uh, when it comes down to it. Obviously, you know, uh, approval across the board for any big expenditures. Um, but we want to get really granular with, with those voting mechanisms. And it's really exciting that we can do that for these in-person interactions that are going to be also on chain because of uh, token usage through throughout the, the building. Uh, so just, you know, Drew, as you're working on this, uh, <laughs> on, on Dow, you know, keep us in mind. <laughs> we've got some needs, some weird needs. <laughs> well, I think everyone has needs, right? And And that is one of the things is there's, you know, everyone's building their own tooling for this, which means the tooling is immature. It means there's like gaps. Everyone's using all these weird Discord bots and things to do whatever. Um, and so there's lots of stuff missing. Uh, and what I see is that, you know, there's like a few different layers that you need, right? At the base layer, you've got your user management, who is and isn't a member, right? How do you add a new member, remove a member? That's a consensus-based thing. There's 
getting consensus in general, like how do you fund the treasury? How do you move money from the treasury? How do you have consensus on the direction of the group in general and the vision of the community? Reputation is a huge gap, right? And uh, by reputation, I really just mean like who's doing what in the community? I mean, there's no visibility into Discord, really. We don't know who the active members are. You know, the bots kind of reward, like, chatting, but people try and game that. Um, and just, you know, typing a lot doesn't necessarily mean you're a productive member. It just You could be not very productive and just typing garbage. Um, you know, so what is reputation? And who are the big holders? Like, who's holding a lot of the the coin or a lot of the NFTs, there's no way to know that. There's no way to know who's actually out there engaging other people and bringing them into the community. Who's doing actual work? Like, is there sort of a proof of human effort, right? That's being tracked so that we know, you know, this person is like contributing so much. And I mean, to a certain extent, these people do kind of float up and we do kind of see them in discord but not entirely. It's not, it's there. The tools aren't there to do that. Right. And then the last bit is like, how do you reward then these people for doing the work and for being social and, and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like there's a lot of layers that need to be built in a much more comprehensive way. Um, not to mention just defining what a, what a blockchain community is, what a DAO is um, at least at its core. So is the main way that voting is happening right now kind of like a peer democratic play where each vote is tallied as one and whatever the collective wants uh, is kind of what gets pushed forward, even if it would, say, go against uh, the creator's uh, gut intention or feeling? Uh, how is that? How are you guys thinking about that? I guess m my opinion on going against the creators gut or feeling is if you're worried, you can bake in that veto power. Um, again, Nouns did this to stop any malicious proposals, um, which then is like, what is malicious? Like it's open to interpretation amongst the founding team. Um, so I, I think you, you, you really need to be careful about in, put in, in, in place any sort of founding team or, or early team um, veto or, or let's call it weighted influence. Um, but th this should probably be tiers to membership within a DAO, right? Um, people who have a more vested interest should have more of a say. Um, on a token level, you could just have it sort of uh, linear. Um, the more NFTs or the more sort of governance tokens you own, the more of a say you have. But then combining with, with something maybe Drew said, of if you were to get to a point where you could reliably um, have like proof of human effort, people could have um, a, a more weighted say based on their role within the community. Um, so we're probably just at the beginning where for the most part, almost every DAO that I see, it's, it's pretty straightforward, right? Um, let's call it like yay-nay voting that you see in typical political systems. But we'll probably evolve from there. Um, I would imagine. Maybe, maybe Mike has some some interesting thoughts on how we could get fancy with the voting. 
No, I'm curious too. I mean, the, the few of the DAOs that I'm in are, you know, they use pods essentially to make the the decision. So we've got uh, three to five members uh, for a tiebreaker in the pods to make ultimate decisions, but use the community to, to vote. So kind of a combination. And we're so early stage in ours that when we, you know, we kind of started accidentally, you know, we, we set up a, we're like, all right, we're, we're doing, we're building this down. And it was, I don't say it's a joke, but like we just put up a, te- a telegram and we started chat and we were creating decks and documents and the vision was just not clear, succinct at any means. So we needed to kind of centralize leadership and vision for the time being to get us to a point uh, of that. So I, I think you're going to see a lot of that. And, and I'm interested in how we're going to transition, right? So we're, what is the, what's the line there where we're saying, Hey, we, we've got this for a while. We need to get us up and running so that you do have a bigger voice and we do have everything in place, which I genuinely believe that that needs to be done. But at what, at what line is that when you really open it up and kind of um, let the community it, take over. So that's, you know, we're, we're, I'm way too immature in, in the process to, to really know, but just that's something I've been curious about, about how we'll, we'll sway. I mean, I think DAOs are going to be really interesting. And because of all these things, like one is the founders of DAO have like an idea for what they want out of DAO. And that is going to sort of taint it until they sort of give up that control and when and how did that happen? Um, and it's tricky. And then, Will the community take it in the direction you want, or is it even better? Will the community take it in a direction you hadn't conceived of, but it's even better, right? It's going to be interesting. And all these ways, like voting mechanisms are kind of crazy. Because on the one hand, if you have like a, if you go by the sort of big holders of your governance token or your NFTs, then you can end up having this sort of like a, governance by the whales right so there's a downside to that too while they have more skin in the game their skin they might be looking for just financial upside or they might have a different objective than everyone else and everyone else might feel disenfranchised um so that's a tricky thing to do though i understand why people want to do it um if you give everyone a vote based on whatever just simply holding something you don't know what everyone's perspective is. It's really opening it up. I mean, that's like California has direct democracy, right? If you get enough signatures, you can put anything on the ballot, literally anything. Um, And it's been kind of uh, my personal opinion is it's a nightmare because I basically have to learn how to read law every time there's an election and figure out if these things that everyone wants on the ballot are not only are like make sense for the state of California, but also are they like written well, like I have no idea. That's why I have lawmakers. Um, So then there's proxy systems. One system that I think is cool is this idea of quadratic voting. So everyone gets a finite set of votes to weigh, to to put towards something within a certain time frame. And when you vote, you can vote one, but the more votes you put to it, the more power it has. But as you go up, like, so one vote, you can vote one thing for everything, right? And that has a certain weight. But if you vote four votes for something, that actually costs you like 80 of your 100 points. So even though it's four times only, it digs deeper into your well of of votes. It doesn't actually cost you, you don't have to pay for it, but you, it digs into your sort of well of potential votes. 
So when people vote more than one, it actually puts this weight of like passion towards something because it costs more than just an additional thing as you vote more. And uh, I know some DAOs have been using that to some success. It's, it's an interesting paradigm. And one little tip too I'll throw on that we did at the uh, the Monkey DAO, which is the Solana Monkey business. Uh, we, we have this 5,000 NFT holders and there's a lot of whales with 30, 40, et cetera. Uh, we capped it at three. So you do get three votes at the most if you're a whale. So that was just a nice compromise instead of just you get one. You do get more if you've got more, if you've invested more, but we had to cap it out so you couldn't sway the votes. Interesting. Yeah, it's definitely early days. Uh, and like on the reputation part, I'm part of the the Stacks Advocates DAO where they have like a pool of stacks they give out kind of for grassroots efforts. And they have a source credit instance where it tracks uh, when you post in a certain channel. And that's one of those things, too, where, like, you know, if I make a video, it might take me five, ten hours to put together. And someone else can post on Twitter two times and then they would count as the same thing. So trying to equally weight these things gets really, really tricky, really, really fast. Totally. Agree. Uh, Mike, I was curious. What has there been any unique things from because you're doing something that's actually like geographically bounded? Uh, has there been any unique things dealing with you know opening up a space as a DAO versus how the rest of us are just dealing in like the global crypto native culture? Uh, yeah, again, I think we're we're too early days in terms of like we don't really have a DAO like we have one in you know in. Discord and, and and Telegram, which is again really immature, but like we have we've set up officially, uh, but how that will work, it's it's still TBD. Uh, but it will say, yeah, it, going back to the example of uh, you know voting on something local, and you're some some bloke in London who is speculating on Empire Token because you think it's going to go up. Should you be voting on what we do with our meditation room or something? Right, like so. There's definitely that kind of geographic disconnect where where, where we have to think of. Uh, but the other one is, too, is expansion, right? So we've had dozens of other workspaces, hacker houses, et cetera, say, hey, can we use your token for reciprocating? Like, we'll, we we don't know how to build a token. Can we use yours? And if our members come to your space, can we reciprocate? And so that's going to be one of those like kind of global ones that we will be entertaining and that will be up for, for the vote. And it's already kind of these conversations of, you know, we, we are not up and running yet, so... We, we have no right in, in doing so, but it's already being like, oh, we definitely have to go to Miami first. Or we have to go to Lisbon because we want to get the European. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there, there is a bit of that conversation uh, on geographic, on geography, uh, but again, too early for us. Got it. Uh, and we're coming up on the last 10 minutes. So if anybody has any questions, feel free to raise your hand. I can uh, pull you up. Um. But I think a, a good way to maybe close this out and to kind of keep it practical, we touched on some of these earlier on, but what are the biggest needs that we need to build uh, to really like make these things work? Uh, you know, whether it's in Discord or tooling, just to kind of recap, uh, maybe each of you guys, like what what is your biggest pain points right now that uh, a builder in the audience or just can kind of think about that we need to start working on? Education. It's really as simple as that, I think. Um, there are not enough tools out there to 
really nicely articulate what a DAO is, what it's doing, what, why this is, is important. Um, even as broadly speaking of this is what to look for in an NFT project or a community that's successful, right? Um, and the, a, a friend of mine, Crypto Jack, stresses this a lot. It's the, the most important user experience in the crypto space is the new wallet experience, right? Um, when someone joins for the first time and invests in a, a really bad project with a community that that isn't a community that you would want sort of your, your friends to be a part of, they have a bad experience and they just paint everything with the same brush. So um, it's really a case of we need to educate individuals um, who, who are new to the space around um, what a community, and this is, it's hard to articulate what you should look for in a community, um, but there are sort of red flags that we can educate people and we can all do better and at spending just that extra little bit of time to answer the, uh, let's call them stupid questions. And, you know, we're all taught this, especially in the tech space, that there aren't any stupid questions. So we all need to just spend a little bit more time answering those questions and making sure that new wallets have a much better first experience than they currently do. Um, and I think there's certainly space for like a builder to create, let's call it like an unlimited NFT community that just is constantly minting. It's good artwork, but it has no inherent sort of marketplace secondary value and it's used as just a tool of education i think collection that does something like that will become really important almost like a crypto zombies 2.0 for for sort of this is what to look for in a community um so i would just stress education really more so than tooling for creators because we can kind of make it ourselves right really um if if people like mike weren't working on this um then the projects themselves would build this tooling as you've seen with some of the DAOs that exist currently um so I think there's, there's more scope in, in education than, than anywhere else. Yeah, 100% agree on all that. Yeah. Yeah. And for example, like we've, 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 we have our, uh, an app for users because, you know, in our case, we're going to, you know, our, our North Star is to expand the, the growth of Web3 and bring on and red pill as many people as possible. So our app is super user friendly, but at the same time, you still need your keys. <laughs> So, like, what's 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 that experience going to be to onboard someone? Uh, you know, it, and I've got like the the Grid Plus, which has a card, which is nice that holds your keys, and that might be a potential solution. But yeah, that's our one of our biggest pain points of we want to be inclusive and bring people on, but how are we going to to do that if they have zero knowledge of of Web three? And then the other is legal. So setting up uh, in our case. Uh, we, we do have a fungible token and that was, you know, it's quite the process to, to go about that, particularly in the state of New York. Uh, and uh, so, but, and shout out to LexDAO. Uh, they have a great community of uh, lawyers and legal, LEXDAO, um, a great resource I found for, for finding information on that. But it's been an arduous process of getting set up, doing it right. Uh, obviously, we want to move fast and break things, but at the same time, do things uh, right, particularly in in the country and state and city levels that we have uh, here. So that's kind of the biggest thing I think is is what, and we might actually help blueprint that, right? I think we're, we're our goal is to to let others who have physical spaces kind of copy this model, whether it's a makerspace, a library, a public square, uh, having people kind of have a DAO around it and investing in it. 
Um, but we're completely lost and we're making it up as we go uh, from a legal perspective. So that's kind of been the tooling that we've really been hurting on so far. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I already said my, my thought on tooling. That there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot that needs to be built. Uh, I, I'd add to that is just sort of the meta view of like, what is a DAO and what what is it really that that we need to do with all this? And I think people find it hard to articulate that. Um, but I think it needs to be sort of defined to a certain degree. Yeah, I think I think the education part is the is the biggest element because you know whenever I'm at a Thanksgiving dinner and someone asks what I've been working on or what Bitcoin mining is, I always get like a light sweat because I just don't even know where to start. Like there's just so <laughs> many primitives to go down, and I just don't have the time. And like, let me get you a drawing. So yeah, if someone if someone can build you know super user friendly like working from first principles and like assuming the person doesn't know a single thing uh like crypto zombies kind of thing it, it can definitely go a long way um well i have no other questions if you guys have any closing thoughts before we uh shut it down uh, yeah i just was gonna add to that a little bit of my niece is 15 over thanksgiving i i, I was red pilling her a bit and I was shocked. She was like, I am not doing that TikTok and Instagram. That's your generation. No, thank you. She, she views it as smoking. It's like, oh, it's, oh, wow. It's, yeah, not kidding. And so I showed her and she's like, well, wait. So how are the algorithms going to figure out what I'm doing? Well, how are they going to send ads to me? She's like, they didn't take my email or my phone or my name or my birthday or anything. And I was like, no, not, like you're, this is your wallet that you can now connect around the internet. And she, her mind was blown, and it was very simple. So, uh, you know, that was one of the few that <laughs> that was able to, to to successfully onboard in a simple way. But it, it's just to be, you know, send an optimist message here to end is I, I felt really good about that afterwards. And that's kind of how I've been leading with is like, oh, imagine a world where you don't have the algorithms. You know that your data is being mined by Google, Instagram, and, and Amazon here's a world where you don't have to live in theirs anymore. And that to me has been kind of the, the, the successful story, but yeah, we still, and then she left a paper of her keys like on the table next to the kids that spilled juice on it. So there's that as well. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the future was bright because the future generations also just picked this stuff up so much more intuitively and they're more tuned into like VR being interesting and not just like a crazy wormhole. So it's just a matter of time. Totally. Yeah, and to add to that, that's who we're building for, right? So we're why well, we fight over different chains and different usage and whatnot. Like, and people complain, like, "Oh, this isn't going to be a thing. It's a fad. It's like it's it's a it's it's, it's already it's already been written, but it's it's actually for them, and it's going to last a lot longer than us. So <laughs> let's kind of you know get together and, and build this together. To to that end, uh, I'm going to do a shameless plug. I hope nobody gets angry, but. Um, we're actually launching a new site today called www.dcards.art. Uh, the idea, like D, like decentralized cards. And the idea is these are NFTs that you can send people. So you go and you mint one. They're like three stacks. They're not very expensive. Um, and then you'll get a link and you can send that to your friend or whatever. And the gas is included in the mint price. So when they go to pick it up, whether they've, ever use this or not they can have a totally empty wallet but they can get this nft and they're cool like one-of-a-kind generative with sort of these really cool snowflake art that this artist named yvonne did 
So if you're interested, check it out and bring new people to crypto. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, Zero, did you have a question, my man? Hey, thanks for thanks for putting this together, Jake. Thanks, Drew, Mike, Mark. Appreciate you guys in the community. Uh, I just had one quick question. Uh, and th- I mean, there's so many thoughts on what a DAO is, what is the structure, what is the best way to incentivize people and, and actually empower people. Uh, and, and that stuff is a lot of those conversations are happening and and I'm I'm really glad to be a part of some. I'm glad to just tune into some to learn more. Uh, I, so I wanted to ask Mike because I, I think that's really cool doing a DAO for a physical space or something in the real world. I know there's the the Wyoming Trust. They they have like a DAO formation and I think there's under there is some pending litigation. Um, but I, I did want to ask have you and the team of lawyers looked into how Wyoming is setting up that DAO formation as a legal entity and taking anything from that. May or may not be influencing what they decide. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. 100%, yeah, all over that. Yeah, as, soon as, we, as soon as we found that kind of rabbit hole, we've been uh, pounding on it and, and chatting with folks there. But yeah, for sure, I think that's uh, that's the case. And, I, you know, sometimes I, I, I'm genuinely... I'm, it's better that you know they ask for forgiveness later where we're we're getting a little too involved and going okay now like we want to do things right but at the same time we'd be up and running and doing things if we didn't so but also it's also important right like we're we're blazing a trail here for others and if we can help influence someone that comes after us and make it easier for them or make more sense to them it's it's completely worth it beautiful uh, I think that's a good place to end it. You guys, thank you so much for the time. Uh, this was recorded, so I'll post the link sometime later this week. But yeah, appreciate you guys. I learned a lot. Thanks for hosting. Welcome to Built on Bitcoin. I know that things don't always go your way, but I'll be right here. Trying to figure out a way to make it out, make it out, cause I don't think about everything.